All right, boys, we're back. The lost tapes of the uh, AFC East happens happens more so, often than we'd like to, to admit. To... Unfortunately, the lost the lost tapes that is, but we're back at it. Sorry, Hutton. Time to uh, run it back. Tommy, uh, anything uh, you're trying to rehash from yesterday? I think I think the Jets could be could be frisky, and I'm excited about their future. And uh, I guess we'll we'll have to see how how that manifests this year. But um, you know, obviously, uh, we're gonna have the same conversation we did yesterday, but we're doing it for the people. Um, you know, I, I just think I think this uh, this Jets team can be a little frisky. We're starting with the Jets down here at the bottom of the AFC East, uh, bringing in Robert Sala, Michael Fleur. Big upgrade to the coaching staff, something that we've talked about, uh, how we all liked uh, Sala at the very least coming in. And uh, uh, you're, you're predicting a Pro Bowl season for Jared Davis? I'm predicting I'm predicting a, a improved season from Jared Davis. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting Jared Davis to be used in a little bit uh, more of an impactful role than he, than he had in Detroit. Um, I'd like to think that you know, there's 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 something there with him, you know, and, and you know, I'll I'll be honest, I've been watching I've been watching uh Flight Twenty Twenty One, the Jets off season documentary. <laughs> I've been drinking a little bit of the uh the MetLife Kool Aid. Uh and you know, seeing Joe Douglas getting getting fired up about giving Jared Davis seven million dollars, you know, I I like that. I like that. Um and I mean I mean for me it just starts on the offensive end of, of the football for them. Um, you know, obviously we can, we can go back and forth on Zach Wilson, which I'm sure we, we will do, but adding Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think is a blue chip, uh, guard prospect and projects to be top 15, 20 guard, I think pretty easily in year one, um, with the jets to pair with Makai Becton and Morgan Moses, the veteran, I think that gives you three solid pieces on the offensive line. Connor McGovern is, uh, you know, a fine player at center, and then obviously you have a little bit. The the depth isn't there, something that we talked about on um, on the lost tapes. But this offensive line is in a better position this year, I think, to be more impactful than they were last year for sure. And then in terms of the weapons that Zach Wilson is going to have, um, I think that this, you know, you could you could do a lot worse. Uh, bringing in Corey Davis uh, to pair with with Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, and Jameson Crowder. Uh, I think is is a good move. Keelan Cole too is another guy who, you know, always just seems to produce down in Jacksonville. And I mean, I guess I guess I was the biggest Elijah Moore fan of of us going uh, in draft season. I think he's going to be an impact player from day one, um, and just be an absolute weapon for them in the slot. Um, can do a lot of different things, and just is a playmaker all overall with with the ball in his hands. Uh, so I think that the those you know it's 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 those type of weapons that get me excited for Zach Wilson in year one, um, and it's all about you know how he is going to put the best foot forward and and lead this offense in in the proper direction, um, and then on the defensive end we we kind of we kind of glance over it, but you know I think Quentin Williams is is on that precipice precipice of being a a really impactful. Defensive lineman, surely more than than Dexter Lawrence is, I would say. So I think he has a closer chance to be an elite. Uh, and then bringing in Carl Lawson too, a guy who hasn't put up the sack numbers in Cincinnati, but is is really nice in the advanced stats and in terms of pressures. And a guy who who you know I think is a, a big upgrade for this Jets edge rushing unit that really has hasn't had a really impactful player um, there in some time. So. 
Obviously, when you get to the linebackers in the secondary, there's a lot more questions than answers, but I think that I'm kind of betting on seeing the upside in this team with Salah coaching this defense up and, you know, Wilson being a playmaker, limiting a little bit more of those rookie mistakes in year one and having this team just be a competitive tough out week in, week out with a fiery offense and a defense that's going to overperform and play bend, don't break. So um, I'm probably the most optimistic on the Jets out of out of us three. Yeah, I mean, Lee, you were saying yesterday, this is uh, you think the Jets are a team that the the lower tier of NFL uh, squads will will have a circle around on their schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, that's for I think that's for good reason. I'm I'm looking at some advanced stats here just because I want to take a little bit of a different angle, or I guess a little bit more refined angle. Um, the Jets have made the playoffs once in the past decade, and since 2016, uh, they haven't won more than seven games. They won seven games in 2019. That was the best year they've had since their year where they almost made the playoffs with Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall. In 2015, they went 10 and six, but since then, five and 11, five and 11, four and 12, seven and nine, and two and 14. Um, I agree with Tommy. I, I like the coaching staff, but I don't want to overestimate the coaching staff. I mean, this is a young staff. And this team is in the beginning of a rebuild. Um, I think Salah, if they're going to be fair to him, they're giving him three years um, to, to, to see what he can do. I think it'd be unfair to judge him after two years. I think there's a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson. I don't think the offense is necessarily good, especially when you chalk it up against the other offenses in this division. And I think the defense is below average, to be honest. Um, again, especially when you chalk it up against, this could be arguably uh, the best defensive division in the NFL. And I think the Jets are significantly far off from the other three teams in this division. So for those reasons, I mean, I do think they're going to be circled on a lot of these lower tier teams' calendars. They have a last place schedule, but I expect there to be some growing pains for Zach Wilson. Um, and I would be, honestly, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, I expect four, maybe five wins out of this team. I'll be shocked if they can crack up into six or seven wins. I'll be, I'll be shocked and admit that I was wrong about this team if they can win that many games. I do think they'll be feisty, but I just think that there's a certain threshold on how many games they can really win this year with this roster, uh, unless Zach Wilson is astronomically better than, than I assume he's going to be. Uh, so I, I think that this is going to be a last-place team in this division, and it's one of the more confident predictions I have going through the NFL in a, in a, in a, league, that, a league that's so tough to predict. Um, I think the Jets finishing last in this division is a, pre a prediction I'm, I'm more confident about than most. I'll throw in my advanced stat, and that's uh, Jamison Crowder is the only player on this roster to ever throw a pass in an NFL game. So, talked about that before, but I think you you talk about the inexperience in the coaching staff. I mean, there's inexperience all over the roster, even with the the positions, uh, the position groups that they have. You're hoping that Denzel Mims pops off a little bit. You're hoping that Corey Davis is more than a number two, and you're hoping that Elijah Moore can carve out a significant role as as a rookie. Um, you know, when you're looking at the running backs, you're you're looking at a couple veterans with guys like Tevin Coleman, but you also got the Michael Carters uh, and the like, the Michael P. Rines as well. Um, it, it should be, you know, I'm looking forward to watching them and, and seeing what they look like in the first couple of weeks. Um, we've talked about that week one game with the Panthers as, as going to be a fun one just to, to sit back and watch. Uh, the 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 return of Darnold against his his former team in the first game uh, with the Panthers. So um, again, not not too confident uh, in the Jets this year as well. I'm I'm more with with Lee, but we can we can move on here to to the Patriots. And uh, this is a team that looking over their roster, um, 
I, I felt confident about them last year just because I, I really believed in Bill Belichick. Uh, once Cam Newton was out with COVID, when he came back, he he wasn't playing as well. I think that was probably a mix of both COVID uh, and just wear and tear on, on his body and that shoulder injury. But big, big offseason for them. Huge offseason for the Patriots. A lot of free agent signings. On, on offense, they brought in Aguilar, Jonu Smith, uh, Hunter Henry. On defense, they brought in Matt Judon and and brought back Kyle Van Noy. And then their, their big two draft picks in the first two rounds uh, of the draft, uh, Mac Jones at quarterback and Christian Barmore from on the defensive line. So uh, this is a team to me that, that's trending up. Uh, they also brought in Trent Brown back from, from Vegas. I think they, they made a trade to get him. So uh, there's a lot of stuff to like on this team. Uh, Lee, you feel pretty good about about the Patriots as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's tough to poke holes in this roster. And I think what I like most about this roster is I don't really care who starts at quarterback. I think they're going to be a really tough be- team to beat regardless. Uh, whether it be Cam Newton and what he brings to the offense at that position, assuming that he's going to be a little bit more proficient of a passer with a healthy shoulder, or Mac Jones, who maybe go through, go through a few more growing pains, but we know what he can do from the pocket. Um, it's not like they have a really sorry offensive line. So Mac Jones, you know, I assume will be having a little bit of time. And, you know, Bill Belichick, I think, still has a sour taste in his mouth from not making the playoffs last year from watching Brady uh, hoist the Lombardi trophy. He went out and spent a large sum of money on uh, free agents this offseason. I think he's going all in right now. I think he, he sees a division that's solid, but one that can be infiltrated. And I think what he's thinking is if we can compete with the, the likes of Buffalo this year, that we can make the playoffs. And once we're in the playoffs, it's anyone's game. So I think this is a really complete roster, getting the most uh, COVID opouts last year, getting guys like Donta Hightower back. Klepp, you brought it up. I think Kyle Van Noy was a really big acquisition for them. Really like what they did in the draft. I think they got a complete running back room. Uh, we said yesterday we were a little concerned about the receivers, but my concern, my overall concern is a little bit curbed by the fact that Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, I think, are two really reliable pass catchers who are going to see the field a lot from the tight end position. And I just have confidence that between them, Aguilar, uh, and even guys like Kendrick Bourne being your fourth option, that they're going to be able to chip out some sort of passing attack that is, you know, at, at least worth game planning around. Um, they use James White a lot, absolutely, too. Absolutely, yeah. The they, there are a few running so. backs deep. They got Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth round, who I talked about yesterday as a solid red zone option. Not necessarily a burner, but a guy who I think is going to see the field a decent amount as a rookie. And really excited to see what Damian Harris is going to do this year with his first year as kind of like a full-time starter at the running back position, I think he might be one of the more underrated players uh, in the league. So I think uh, this is a team to be, you know, worth being excited about. And I expect the Patriots to win 10 plus games this year and make the playoffs. Honestly, I'm pretty confident that Belichick's got a got a chip on his shoulder, and they're going to be able to make some noise this year. Yeah, not a lot to add. Um, I think the only the only uh, pertinent point is just Mac Jones. I think potentially. Uh, you know, raises the ceiling of this of this offense. Um, you know, we talked about it in the lost episode, but you know, I I don't think any of us are. I mean, at least Klepp and I for sure are not fans of what this team did long term in free agency and the amount of money and resources they they spent. But it for sure makes them a more competitive team for twenty twenty one. Well, yeah, they're and, not long term moves. You know, I don't think yep. I don't think Bill and, Belichick's uh, you know, lying to himself, thinking that he's you know making himself a, making this team a five year. This is a five year window. I think they're kind of trying to win now, don't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so too. Um, and I think this team is you know not really overly elite. I'd say at at 
too, I mean, too many positions. They're just really, really solid. Maybe their offensive line, uh, you corner. could say, is I think elite They're elite at corner with Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. Yeah, corner, secondary, and, and offensive line, I'd say. That's 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 a solid point. Bringing in Matt Judon, I mean, he's been he's been pretty consistent consistent stud as an edge rusher uh, over the years in Buffalo and then getting Lee's guy, Ronnie Perkins, in the draft uh, to go around with Barmore and McGrone. I mean, they really just are a really deep, deep team. And, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be kind of surprised. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we can monitor this the more divisions and teams we go through to see what other teams have the same level of, of depth because New England just, you know, I mean, they're – if Damian Harris goes down, I think Ramondre Stevenson or, and James White and Sonia Michelle would, would can be fine uh, at receiver. I mean, Jacoby Myers was real, has been really impressive for the past two years, really started to put it together last year. Um, so him, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, you know, I think that's a pretty solid trio. And I think it's really just going to come down to uh, Cam Newton versus Mac Jones and kind of what those two players give to this offense. I mean – me personally, I, I like Cam as a person, but I don't. I think he he's kind of done. I mean, I don't. I could I could be wrong. I don't know how unhealthy he was last year, but it seemed to me that they had that that nice game in in Seattle uh, in week three, whatever it was, and it was kind of it was kind of downhill from there. He seems to be clearly limited as a passer. Uh, whereas Mac Jones, I think you know, seems to be far, further ahead in terms of processing and, and making decisions and relation to some of the other rookie quarterbacks but you know doesn't have a rocket of an arm in his own right and you know so I think I think it just kind of is going to come down to the quarterback performance I think this defense is going to be able to keep them in in a lot of games and it's just going to come down to how well how 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 quality you know the quality of play that they're getting from the quarterback position and me believing that their ceiling is a little bit higher with Mac Jones you know is that is that actually true and how high is that ceiling with a rookie Mac Jones so this is definitely a really intriguing team going into this year, but I, I tend to agree, agree with you guys where I, I am impressed and um, really curious to see how this, this team, you know, shapes out. And uh, we, we kind of talked about too, uh, just with those defenses, Lee saying, you know, with the jets that it's only getting stronger in the other teams in the division. And when you get to the dolphins, I think that trend kind of continues uh, obviously with Brian Flores coming from New England has kind of put his stamp on this defense. Uh, they were really great last year. Uh, obviously they do lose Kyle Van Noy and, and Xavier Howard's having some contract uh, questions right now. But I, I think that with the additions of Jalen Phillips in the draft, I think this defense is still going to be pretty great down in Miami. But when you look at the offense, I think the big question mark is at quarterback with Tua. Um, didn't really like what I saw from him in his first year. He just kind of looked lost, um, didn't look confident. And, uh, and in some sense, it looked like, you know, the NFL was a little bit too physical, a little bit too athletic for him in a certain way with, uh, just his, his size and maybe a little bit of, uh, hesitant, hesitancy to be mobile after that hip issue, uh, he had coming out of school. It's going to be interesting though they don't long they no longer have Fitzpatrick to to bail out Tua it's truly his team uh they fired their offense coordinator last year and now they have a dual OC thing going on with George Godsey and Eric Studsville um I'm not really sure how all this is going to work out again I kind of think the defense will, will be back I think the offensive line will continue to improve uh, as a lot of those young guys get another year under their belt they brought in Liam Eikenberg um 
but the buck kind of starts with stops with Tua for me, and I, I don't feel con- that confident in his ability to, um, you know, make this an offense that can, you know, win them games. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to the earlier point about the Jets, I mean, I think that uh, an argument could be made for um, Buffalo, New England, and Miami all having top ten defenses in the NFL. And, you know, the Jets, on the other hand, you can make an argument that they've got a bottom 10 defense in the NFL. That's where I think the biggest disparity in this division is. I guess that's a point I was trying to make. When it pertains to Tua, I mean, I don't know if I'm completely as sold on on Tua not being the answer as you might be, Klepp. I think that uh, he was disappointing last year. I think that, you know, it's kind of a thing with Alabama quarterbacks. We're going to see it with Mac Jones. There's a reason why a lot of these guys weren't drafted, and it's because, and granted, Tua and Mac Jones are a little bit more physically gifted than the, than their predecessors. But uh, winning isn't necessarily as hard at Alabama as it is at a lot of other places. And I think that's what Fitzpatrick brought that Tua didn't have, is being able to kind of find wins in the NFL, um, you know, in the the dirty places, in the hard places. Uh, I wonder how much of Tua not being able to perform at a high level was his hip injury and him still kind of getting back to 100% physically. Um, I believe that when, when playing well, he can be a good trailer quarterback, which is really all he needs to do. I mentioned it yesterday, his average yards per attempt Last year was, uh, or sorry, yards per, per completion was under seven yards. They brought in Will Fuller. They brought in Jalen Waddle. I think the offense is going to want to stretch the field a little bit more, which I think is going to benefit Tua. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I just believe in what Flores has done with his defense. I said it yesterday. Again, I think Christian Wilkins is one of the more underrated defensive players in the NFL. I think he's a complete game wrecker up front. Love the secondary, obviously. Made some really good draft picks. Um, I expect this team to be competing with anyone in the NFL on any given week, but when it comes down to, you know, this division, I just don't know if I, I would pick them over New England. I think it's going to kind of come down to an arms race between Miami and New England to see who can make the playoffs. I totally expect Miami to be hanging around in the playoff conversation week 15, 16, but similar to last year, I think they're probably going to end up playing their way out of it just ultimately because I don't know if Tua is going to have that ability to get them to the next level. Um, and I could be completely wrong, and I won't be very shocked if Miami ends up in the playoffs when it's all said and done. But as of right now, I'm leaning more as Miami as, as like an 8-9 win team and New England as a 10-win team. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm leaning New England, but I think there's a lot to like about this Miami team, and I'm excited to see them. Uh, what I brought up yesterday was like, can they win those games on a Thursday in November against Baltimore? I think those are the types of games that are going to decide whether or not they make the playoffs. And if they can take care of business at home in games like that against the Baltimores of the world or the New Orleanses of the world, um, I think they can be a playoff team, but I think that remains to be seen, and there's a lot of projection there with Tua um, and improvement Absolutely. in order to take place for that to happen. Yeah, not a lot of disagreement here for me again. I mean, just want to shout out their draft real quick. Um, you know, getting Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, and then Javon Holland, all all three of those guys I was, I was very high on. Um, and, you know, I think Phillips, Highland, and all three of those guys are going to be, you know, have pretty big roles to play. Klepp and Lee, you both were, were prudent to bring up, you know, Tua and, and Klepp, you're a little bit more pessimistic on him than perhaps Lee and, and me uh, are. You know, I think and when even comparing them to New England, I mean, I think, you know, offenses win over defenses in, in the NFL right now. And I think even if you were to give New England a slight edge over Miami's defense, which I think would be surely would be would be arguable. I think that Miami no doubt has a more explosive offense than New England does. And if Tua can just, like Lee said, be a competent trailer quarterback, which I really would be shocked if he's not able to do that. I think that, you know, Lee brought up Alabama. I think that was a, a, 
a nice point to make, and I and I don't see why he can't recreate some of the same magic here in Miami that he did in Alabama. Obviously, playing in the NFL versus college football is something that is extremely different. But when you just kind of look at the weapons that he has on paper with Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell, who very well could be the second and third best deep threats in the NFL right now, um, beside next to Tyreek Hill, and then a guy like Devontae Parker and uh, Mike Gusecki, who can kind of operate over the middle of the field and win at the catch point. Um, I just think that he has all the weapons that he could want to be successful, and it's either going to work this year or it's not uh, for Tua. And their offensive line, I think, is a little bit improved. I don't know if we mentioned them drafting Liam Meikenberg, but that was someone we all viewed as a, a high-floor player coming out of Notre Dame. So overall, I mean, much like many of the other teams that we've previewed uh, in the NFL, it's going to come down to the quarterback play and the variance at the quarterback play. And if if Tua can you know, kind of be a, a top-15 quarterback, a Derek Carr, if you will, with maybe a little bit more aggressive play, I think this is going to be a tough, uh, you know, a tough, a team that's a tough out and very well could win the division. So uh, I think the range of outcomes kind of, you know, hover from third in the division to, to first, and it's all kind of dependent on Tua. Or the the bottom kind of falls out on Tua, and he's just a complete, a complete mess, uh, and they're the worst team in the division. So should we get into uh, the final rankings here, fellas? Uh. I'm going to stick the Bills up at the top. No real surprises. Again, like I said before, just uh, elite trio uh, there with McDermott, Dable, and Frazier, and just a really solid roster that's got star power as well as depth behind it. Um, I'm going to put the Patriots second. I kind of like them as a wild card team. I'll see how I feel about that as we go through the rest of the AFC teams, but um, I think that Cam Newton, if he starts all 17 games, I think he, you know, will be a little bit better than he was last year. And then if Mac Jones plays, uh, I have confidence that he can kind of play mistake-free uh, football, and and he doesn't necessarily have to do too much than different than he maybe did at, at Bama even uh, to get get a couple wins there for New England. And I think that defense will will have a bounce back season. Uh, I'll put the Dolphins third just because I still believe in their defense. Uh, I I like Brian Flores as a coach. Um, but again, just my reluctancy to believe in Tua still still is there. And then uh, the Jets, I'm just I'm gonna put last. I just don't think their roster is very complete. Uh, never have really believed in, in Zach Wilson from from draft season until now. Um, I think the future potentially could be bright, but just a lot of a lot more things that could go wrong than, than can go right in my opinion in in New York for the Jets this year. Yeah, I'm with you, Clip. I got Bills, Pats. Dolphins, Jets. I'll just add the caveat that I fully expect uh, both Buffalo and New England to win 10-plus games this year hmm. um, and make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, that's the only caveat I'll add. And I would say that the Jets, in my opinion, uh, are a five-win team. I'll be kind of shocked if they if they can surpass five wins. Maybe six, I guess, if the year's, if the year's good. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're asking me if I if I'm taking the under or the over, I would be taking the under on the Jets if the number's six because I don't think they're going to win seven games. I think they're way more likely to win five games than they are to win seven. So. I think I'm the same as you guys. I mean, I I, I want to like have find a reason to not put the Bills in first, but they're they're it's hard to do that. So uh, Bills at in first for me. I'm going to take the Patriots at, at two. Uh, the Dolphins at three. And I'll take the Jets, Jets at four, with the potential to to finish second. With the potential to finish second, if 
it, the potential to finish second. Not first, but second. Strictly second. 